Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Star Trek Lower Decks creator, Mike McMahon. I had the advantage of being not only a writer, but being an optimist. That's a short and sweet quote. Welcome back to the podcast with our guest, Rekha Sharma, this week. Thank you so much for being here again. So I'm going to let you jump in, Rekha. Any thoughts about this succinct quote? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love writers deeply. You know, I'm a storyteller and I and I, I, I try to breathe life into the, the words of writers all the time. And mm-hmm. without writers, without storytellers, you know, I don't know where we would be as a society. And, and the importance of having writing that is optimistic. I mean, it's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. We are really lucky with the luxury to engage in our imagination. Yeah. Yes. Which is partially what I feel from this quote, the advantage of not only being a writer, because we're, you know, uh, uh, Trent had a, started with a blog, which is very creative. I'm also an actor, writer, and imagination is so freeing for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have to remind myself to live in reality and not in my imagination sometimes. Well, actually, um, we constantly live in our imagination, and and imagination is... I think one of the most essential things to our growth as human beings, Mm -hmm. um, we can't move our finger without imagining it first. We can't make breakfast without imagining it first. A damn thing, unless we can imagine it first. And I think the sooner that we realize that, the sooner we realize the power that we have all inherent within us to use our imagination. And, and as Gene Roddenberry did so amazingly, envision a better future. You know, and it seems to me like uh, Gene was very proud of the fact that he was an optimist. In so many of his quotes, he's he seems very proud of the fact, like if he wants to be remembered for anything, it's his love of humanity, it's his optimism for how he good he thinks that we are and can be. And what resonated with me personally, uh, as Rachel mentioned, so I used to write a blog that was very successful for a very long time. And it was one of the greatest moments, uh, parts of my life. Um, And I was always known as the nice blogger. It was around the time, you know, pre-TMZ when everything was still kind of quote unquote innocent on the internet. And it was a lot more fun. And over the years, as we know now, the culture and the conversation online has become less nice, more combative uh, and 
honestly very mean. And I was very, very fortunate. And I'm very proud of the fact that I was always known as the nice blogger. And when people would come up to me and say, I love reading your site because I don't feel dirty afterwards. Or (laughs) if I would meet the people that I wrote about, the celebrities that I wrote about, and they would compliment me on my humor and they would thank me for not being mean. Like that was something that I was so proud of. And I can absolutely hear in this quote that that Gene was very, very proud of the fact that he was an optimist. And that was his advantage. That was his superpower to be an optimist in a world that is it's kind of hard to be an optimist sometimes. Listen, I always call myself an um, cynical optimist, and I'm also like an introverted extrovert. As much as I can talk and blah on this, I literally have to be quiet and stare at the wall after I'm done with a show or a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. I do. So it's a duality, yeah. but I, I juggle them both. But the one thing this podcast, the many, many episodes we've done now, has given me is more optimism. Mm. Seriously. And and that is actually inspiring makes me kind of happy inside. And look at that. I'm like, it makes me feel happy. I'm like, can I own this feeling? Yeah. (laughs) And I can because, you know, part of why Star Trek and these shows that give us hope for the future are so important is because it takes it in a bigger context than my myopic view of myself or the world I live in. Like things are, I'm so aware that things are so much bigger than I could even comprehend. And to, to wit this quote, He says, I had the advantage of being not only a writer, and I think that we don't give our writers enough to in Hollywood. So I just want to give him his claps, you know, Um, because we can't make movies and we can't make TV shows without the imagination of the writers. Yeah. And if you think about the fact that um, his optimism, he saw it as an advantage because, you know, sometimes being a writer isn't enough. There are cynical writers. There are, as we see on social media all the time, there are uneducated writers. There are mean spirited writers. And but he was the optimist. He was the one who saw the best in us, the best in humanity, uh, our love and compassion and And that was what he considered his advantage. I consider it his superpower and something he should he should be very proud of because, you know, it's it's not easy to do. And we all have superpowers. I always say, like, even someone uh, one of my friends was like, I have OCD and it's driving me nuts. And I'm like, I hear you, man. I get Mm -hmm. it. My brain doesn't work like that. So I could see I would drive you nuts. But that is actually a superpower that you can use for a certain kind of job. That I could never do. My yeah. brain doesn't work like that. I, I don't see the details the way theirs does, right? So being able to, to see uh, a deficit possibly as a positive is another thing I'm a little big on doing. You know, I just think it's important because it's so easy to feel bad and shameful yeah. about yourself when, you know, the one thing I know, too, is everyone worries what everyone else thinks. And let me just tell you this. Ain't nobody thinking about you. <laughs> Everybody is so wrapped up in themselves. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that all this worry we put on, what do they think? They don't think. About, no, they, I'm, no so, I'm joking, but I'm serious about that. It is kind of true. I used to have a complex about my nose. Like I have Your always nose believed. Is great. See, here's the thing. I think I have a big nose. I hate my nose. What? Everyone hates my nose. And I remember I mentioned this to friends Ray and they were like, stunning. they were like, literally, We've never even paid attention, noticed your nose. Like, that, so I was but, so in my head about it. And it, the truth of the matter is, no one was looking at my nose. It was just that, that, me in my head. Even, 
And then like, like I took us off track with the quote, but Rekha, I love, you guys aren't seeing the video, Rekha turns sideways and I love your fabulous nose, mm-hmm. right? Because like I said on the other podcast, Instagram keeps recommending plastic surgery to me. Yeah. And um, they have a whole plastic surgery of like Middle Eastern people with different noses now. And to be honest, <sighs> when I see the befores, um, everyone should do whatever they want to do, by the way, man, do your thing. But yeah. the befores are so stunning to me. Yeah. I love the the nose of a Middle Eastern person. I love the the different features we have. They're yeah. so beautiful. So again, if you want to change it and chop it off, go ahead. But I just I I think like uh, Reka, your nose is stunning. Did I, I know when I hit town, Reka? Someone suggested to me more than a few times a nose job because it would take me from cute to Holly Berry pretty, right? And did you ever have to go through anything like that? Or no, she's a model looking woman. So the answer <laughs> is no, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, uh, no, but I, I think, you know, it was a different time where people know they're not allowed to say shit like that, but they're thinking uh-huh. it. Um, and uh, thankfully, you know, I actually went through a lot of things with my nose when I was young and wanted to get it uh, a nose job. And my parents didn't really know to- even because you grew up in Vancouver, you said, as opposed to. You know, somewhere else where I would think that would be more of no, a big deal. No, I grew deal. up in a very white neighborhood. I- oh, mm. me too, girl. Me, me too. too. <laughs> it was really yeah. tough being the only brown girl around, or one of you know, count on one hand in my entire high school the number of uh, people. Gotcha. It yeah. puts us in a unique position, though, all three of us, because I understand white culture. <laughs> my dad was white too, so I really get white culture. I was raised up in it, as were you guys. But anyway, to bring it back to this quote, let's talk about. What are the advantages, do you think, Reka, of being an optimist? Well, um, I have two thoughts. A, you are what you eat, is what I always say. Yes! Right? Mm-hmm. And so... Yes. Um, Food is a spell for your body, people. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a prayer or a spell for your body. But what do we consume all day oh. long? We consume all kinds content. of content. Content. Exactly. <laughs> and so... And so um, you know, if you're going to choose material that is not so optimistic, well, surprise, surprise, you're not going to feel very... Whether we're talking about food or what you're mentally consuming. You are what you eat. I mean it on every level. And and then also like the idea of, uh, you know, that we are all the authors of our own life. We are all writing our own life story. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can make those choices about whether or not we want it to be a happy ending. <laughs> that is such a good point. All right, listen, this is a topic we could keep keep talking about. We're going to keep this one short, and we're going to send you over to the Roddenberry social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you would like to see this uh, video of this quote. Who read this quote, Trent? Mike McMahon, the creator of Star Trek uh, Lower Decks. Right on. All right, Reka, thanks for joining us. We were so lucky to have you for two more episodes. Yay! And we hope you'll join us tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. 
Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 